Good morning, good people. It's your host, B.A., and you have tuned in to yet another episode of the Just My Opinion podcast, man. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are right here listening to me, and I thank you for that once again. Getting back into it today, into the world, the world is getting back to normal, and what I mean by normal, schedule by normal. These kids are about to go back to school, you guys. Kids are going back to school whether it be virtual or whether it be in person pretty soon and within the next couple of weeks, if not already, kids are, you know, going back to school, going back to their teachers, trying to go back to everyday life. And this weekend, I actually got a chance to meet some kids and meet some people not necessarily in my area and get a chance to kind of remind myself that Everything is everywhere. All types of people live every everywhere. Everybody needs help. Everybody needs assistance. We need to care about people every single city, every single state, if we can. If, if you can reach them, if you, you want to go out that far. Um, I had an opportunity to go out to Augusta, Georgia, and chill out with some people at, at Code Callaway. They're a nonprofit organization. Um, I got contacted through social media to do a shoot for their back to school parade that they had this past weekend on on Saturday. It was a really cool experience, man. I got to ride through the uh, Augusta community, you know, pass out, you know, monetary gifts, pass out candy, help pass out book bags, you know, and take some pictures and, you know, capture some moments for some really cool people, man. I, I really love the experience. I really didn't know how it was really just shaping up out the blue all week. Um, and I was just blessed to go out there, man. Shout out to Natasha. Uh, shout out to Portia. That was my contact to even get out there, man. Uh, great women. Um, I, I just really absolutely enjoyed myself out there, man. So give back if you can, uh, give back when you can find somewhere, find somebody, you know, it'll open your heart up, man. Warm your heart, you know, to bless somebody else, man. That was a good thing. Shout out to you, uh, to you guys at Cole Calloway. But in sports news this week, um, the bubble's still going on. The bubble's still going strong. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Some notable things that went on. The Oakland A's and Astros gave us a nice COVID-19 brawl. Obviously, you know, when human nature gets involved, COVID goes out the window, obviously. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a regular baseball moment. And pretty much I'll give you the play-by-play as it went down. Player gets hit a couple times, smack, smack here, smack, smack there. Hey, man, knuck if you buck, then COVID rules and social distancing go completely out of the window. Big dog pile. And then in every scene after that, all the masks come out. I thought that was just pretty comical for myself. Also, in sports news, NFL players deadline to opt out has passed. Now that date was Thursday. Not that many players opted out. I don't know if I really expected them to, but, you know, some did and most did not. Uh, One point that I did want to mention is that I did mention the Pats last time, last week, having eight players on the opt-out list. But come to find out, they are one of only six teams not, I repeat, that do not have a player on the reserve COVID list. Those other five teams are the Houston Texans, the L.A. Chargers, Carolina Panthers, Seattle Seahawks, and the Arizona Cardinals. 
one player that uh, spoke out about opting out, Marquise Goodwin, pretty much just from, you know, he said his wife, they have complications with pregnancies times before they were blessed with child this time. And he just does not want to miss any of that opportunity or be selfish, as he put it in his post. But um, all blessings to his family and getting through these, this time. And man, have a have a wonderful time with your family. And other training camp news, uh, they say Tom Brady looks good. I don't know what really look, what looking good is. I don't know if it's just timing or people are where they reports are coming out. His zip on the ball and command over the offense, that type of stuff. I I expect from a championship level quarterback. So most of this stuff I just think is hot news, just the stuff to keep your you know stuff to keep on your TV and everything like that. But you know. Re- I, I I give it respect. I'll give it as much respect as, hey, you're learning. I don't know how much that's going to affect you by week one, if that's going to help you any at all, but we'll see. Kudos to you for that. And NCAA news is really the big thing I wanted to get to. We are on the borderline of not having a college football season. We really are. We saw UConn opt out from having a season. The Power Five conferences just had an emergency meeting to discuss not even having a season due to the pandemic. The MET conference was the first conference to just fully opt out and say they're not going to have a season. So what's going on right now is that they don't they want to they want to present a united front as much as possible, knowing that something's going down. There's a possibility that they may not have a season. But the trick is. Nobody wants to be the first one to say, hey, OK, well, we're not going to have a season. We don't need to have a season. But at the same time, nobody wants to be the last one with their arms folded saying, that, hey, we need to play. You know, nice little situation to be in, you know, do it's, it's, it's money. It's, it's all money because there is there. And I say it from the top of college all the way down to the kids that are returning. You don't have enough information. You don't. And so what the point being in college is when they when when the suits come out. And they say, hey, long term down the line, if we push this right now, if something goes wrong. Can we afford the backlash is going to be the conversation monetary once again. But that's going to be the conversation. The answer is going to be no. Just like every future question that's being asked right now cannot be answered because we don't have the information. So if that's going to be no then you probably shouldn't be playing. But, you know, if you are going to play, you should put certain things in place, which obviously they have been, they haven't been organized from the start. So that's not going to happen. So their situation is totally different in in the NCAA versus the NBA, NHL, or even the MLB who are still pushing forward with their season, even though they have a couple of hiccups here or there. Uh, the Clemson quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, he had an interesting take on, you know, him wanting to play, which kind of all players, especially in the climate right now, the younger you get, the more they want to play. So I kind of took it with a grain of salt. He in a in a nutshell, he kind of said that players would be more exposed to the virus, more exposed to their regular everyday life situations by not being on the football field or being in a football environment, alluding to the points of how 
sports and athletics can kind of be a saving grace for student athletes. Uh, I, I would like to start back saying student athletes because there there isn't a season. I don't want anybody thinking that, oh, my God, the world is lost. No, you still are a student first. And you still go to school. You still have a scholarship. It is kind of a part of the contractual agreement. So once again, it's just a tricky situation to me because, I mean, I'm, I can't. I can't say that he doesn't have a point, but at the same time, it, it comes to be a situation to, w- to say that we can't leave this decision in the hands of 19, 20-year-olds. That, that, that can't be the case. Somebody just needs to step in see what, and see what's, what's going on, see what's best, have the, the, the student's best interest in, in mind, and make a decision. But it's times like these, you see how fragile and unorganized entities like the NCAA really are. But moving right along, let's hope that the power of the dollar fails. But kids just watch language during the pandemic, whether it be on paper or coming out of people's mouths. Talk to your parents, talk to your community, you know, talk to competent people around you and make the best decisions for you and your family. I can't say what that is. I'm not in your household, but I just hope and pray that everybody makes the best decision for them, especially when the powers that be that are supposed to be watching your child and protecting your child while they're at school. It doesn't seem like that's happening. But guys, moving on straight into the NBA. Once again, once again, guys, moving straight on into the NBA news. We got some heat going on in the bubble right now. But before we get into the heat of the bubble, I don't know what's been going on. I don't know if the good Lord upstairs has just been blessing me with good news. But for the second week, I have to stop the presses and give praise to somebody or something that is very near and dear to my heart. My main man, my favorite player in the league, not necessarily right now, but at the apex of his career, of course, my favorite player in the league. Still my favorite player anyway. Who cares? Carmelo Anthony is now 15th on the all-time scoring list with 26,411 points. He just passed Paul Pierce and John Havlicek. He's 85 points away from Tim Duncan, man. Congratulations. If you didn't have that hiatus out of the lead, we would have had this moment already. But nevertheless, the moment is here. I want to shout I want to quickly shout him out, man. I want to give him some praise, man. Nobody else is gonna do it. I'ma do it. His his role on the Blazers is great. The Blazers are rolling right now, man. This is the most open shots he's ever had in his career. The only thing they're asking to do is just hit shots, be clutch, rebound. And I'm going to just say hustle. I'm not going to act like he's just an out-of-this-world defender. I'm just going to say he's slimmed down. He's hustling. You know, he's trying to run around when he can run around. I, I just see that the effort is there. Whatever Dame said to the whole team has just infiltrated the whole team and the whole organization. They've really been playing their butts off, looking like they have something to prove down here in the bubble. Man, they they just they he's he's gotten key blocks, he's gotten key steals. He was just guarding Richardson last night on the last play. Played good, solid defense, not allowing a shot to get off before the buzzer before the buzzer sounded. I'm just proud of my guy. I'm proud of the team. I, I hope hopefully is is them 
in San Antonio in the playing game. I think that that's going to be pretty nice. I think either one of them will be about the same type of eight seed if they see L.A. So be on the lookout for that. Another side note, Joel Embiid rode an ankle, I believe, or just got hurt yesterday. Um, he didn't return. They already are without Ben Simmons. Weirdly enough, the team played very, very hard without them and was very competitive. I know Dame dropped 51, but that was a 51 without Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. So, you know, not to take anything away from 51. I know he had the little Twitter battle with Paul George and Patrick Beverly, and he, I guess that's called taking it out on the next team, but... Hey, it is what it is. I just wanted to point that out because Philly's in their playoff race as well. But as far as the race for A, the Pelicans are out of the race. That's done. You can stop watching them. Um, we're pretty much going through Memphis, Portland, Phoenix, and the Spurs. Um, this whole weekend, seeding was changing just depending on wins and losses. Um, it's guaranteed that the play-in round will happen, and that will start on Saturday. Pretty much how that is set up is that if the eight seed wins the first game, it's over. Once the eight seed wins, it's over. If the ninth seed wins the first game, they have to win again. So I repeat, if the eight seed wins, they have to win one game. If they win, it's over. If the ninth seed wins the first game, they have to win again. So Memphis opened everything back up with their loss to the Raptors. So that's kind of how that was set up. So we'll be on the watch for that this week. As the games go by tonight, it's going to be a real big night, especially for the other teams at the bottom looking at seeding. It's kind of some things going on in the middle as well to be to be watchful for. The West always comes down to the end, but it's only about two games left. So that's going to be nice nice to see. Um, as far as the Pelicans being out, good, because now y'all can go 10 to your prize possession because Zion still looks fat. I thought it was maybe he would play some more, play into it. That obviously wasn't the case. Maybe they just need to let the chains off of him. That six-minute thing isn't really working. He looked slow, slow up and down the court. He only relied on the, you know, jab right, go to the left, try to bully ball and flip it off the glass. That's not really working without his athletic ability. He airballed a free throw with his hands on his knees, but he still put up numbers. So that's going to be always be the upside to his career, man. He, he puts up numbers just by walking on the court. What can you say? What can you do with that? You know, it's just he's like I, some of the reports have have been saying this week. He's just in a race against his own body. It, and it always happens. We always sit back and we think he'll be the one to get through. It's always the 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 freak athlete. He'll he'll be the one to get through. We hope his body can hold up and it never does. Hopefully it just holds up enough so that we can get a nice sample size of what you would have looked like before we miss you. But you know, blessings to him, hopefully, you know, that, that holds up for a long time. But your time in the bubble is just about up, brother. So get ready for next year. We'll we'll see you then. And the Spurs are, are surging for A. Pop is coaching his butt off, man. It and I was watching him over the over this weekend and, and last week as well. And I was like, Well, why are they so good? Like what they I know they, they lost Lamarcus Aldridge. So I was like, "What? Why? How are they surging like this?" Uh, Dejounte Murray came back. Uh, Lonnie Walker is improving still. Derek White he left the game, but he was absolutely balling before then. Um, Rudy Gay bam on Jackson Hayes last night. Real old school style. That's an old man in the league still too. He's playing the four position, 
and playing it very well. Kind of almost like a Carmelo Anthony type deal. But um, as far as I'm concerned, I think Rudy Gay is still a little bit more athletic, still can do a little bit more things on the defensive end. But, you know, same type of deal back and forth. The Suns are making an, a late surge at the end. They've been undefeated. Uh, Monty Williams is coaching his butt off as well. Devin Booker, um, he's been playing well. He looks like he's improved into a regular kind of all-around superstar player, not just a scorer. Um, questions are starting to come up whether he should stay or he should go. Draymond obviously wasn't smart enough not to just fully speak his mind on TV, so therefore you got fined. But, hey, his pockets are big. He'll be all right. DeAndre Ayton, he's playing very, very well. I think that's kind of what they were waiting on. It looks like it's like it's kind of brought their team together. I still want. I still don't think they're full. I think they're still going to work on some things. But for as far as what they have right now, where they're trying to go, I've always loved Ricky Rubio. We we kind of he came out in a, in a in a very hard draft, especially for guards. You know, mostly if not all of them were bust. Um, and I know that we expected a lot of bigger things out of him coming out. But I've always liked him as a floor general and his passing ability. But also, I just I do want to uh, give a shout out to the Pelicans and the Suns, man. I, I like their teams. I like their running gun style. And the reason I do want to shout them out is because I like that they both have black coaches. And as far as the NBA is concerned, which I guess we're always giving the NBA praise all the time. But I, I just like that they give their coaches a chance. Even when they're young, they're not necessarily winning. But you can always see that the team is playing hard. As long as they're playing hard, that's all you can ask. That's all that we ask, that these guys get a fair shot. You set them up for success as much as possible along the way, and we see where the chips may fall, man. And, they're, and they've been doing a pretty phenomenal job from where I'm sitting. But that is about it for the NBA sector. Man, just watch the games this week. Watch the watch the seeding. Watch how it goes because one game may be more important because somebody else lost. So always be on the watch for that. I think this is what they were trying to get to, the type of ratings they wanted in the bubble the whole time. But now going into the nitty-gritty, like we said, we're going to go ahead and continue our NFL predictions starting back off with the NFC West. Starting with the NFC West, we got the Seattle Seahawks. We got the Los Angeles Rams. We have the San Francisco 49ers, and we have the Arizona Cardinals. So we're going to start off with QBs. I think at number one is really no question. We're going to go with Dangerous Wilson. My man has something really to play for this season. It has nothing to do on the football field. He just celebrated having another baby. I just feel like with the type of person that he is, it's just going to warm his heart, and he's going to throw for like 5,000 yards. This is gonna be just. It's gonna be something like that. They're, he's gonna have a, a a wonderful game, and you know he's just gonna. It's gonna be a nice, wholesome family answer that he's gonna give in an interview. It's just gonna warm your heart, you know, make you want to go hug your kids tight. And he's just in. He's just if not in the MVP conversation, he's gonna be in the MVP conversation. Just every year he does so much with with less. I could go on and on about Russell Wilson, but you know what he does on the field. Number two, I'm going to show some love to Jimmy G. Um, mostly because his stats and wins loss, you know, to a certain extent that has to come into the conversation. I think that he should take a, a next step this year and the offense really should be in his hands. But we'll see what, what coach does, what Coach Shanahan does in that environment. I think that's kind of what lost him the Super Bowl. 
that one team was able to do that in the time of need and the other one was not. Number three, I have Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray had a great rookie year to me last year. They were working with what they worked with. I don't just because I know wins and losses aren't always, you know, good. But I I, kind of look at how players progress throughout the year, how comfortable they get, especially at the quarterback position, which is hard in the NFL today. But I think he came on strong, especially towards the end of the season. Um, Once again, we're trying to keep this objective as, as objective as possible. So I cannot mention the weapon that he just got, but I will mention that in just one second. Rounding out fourth is Jared Goff. Um, I have Jared Goff because he did lose some pieces. I have him at four because of that. Even though we're not looking at the pieces, I just think his pieces help him rather than him helping his pieces. I really would like to see Jared Goff sling the football around. I think he'll have a chance to do that with Todd Gurley being gone. But I think once Todd Gurley's injury really came into play, that's kind of when the offense went down a little bit. The injury to Cooper Cup as well. But I just didn't see him, even in small effort, I just didn't see what I needed to see as far as him slinging the football around with precision, with 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 the with the command of the offense as some of the other quarterbacks or even the the young quarterbacks right now that he's being compared to. I don't see Carson Wentz. I don't see Dak Prescott. I don't see Deshaun Watson out of Jared Goff. And that's just three of the young ones just off the top of my head. We're not even getting to, you know, Lamar. and We're not even going that far. But, yep, that's number, that's one through four going into quarterbacks. Defense and special teams. Going to go with the almighty San Francisco 49ers at one. I think that goes without saying. Um, going to the Super Bowl, coming back. I, I, I just like their defense. I like their pass rush. They lost to Forrest Buckner. They don't have to fill that spot. I just like I like pass rushes, so that kind of stuck out to me. But mostly everything else is the same. Seattle's gonna come in number two. I once again I probably would have put them number one just off of my initial thinking. But like I said, remember the rules were trying to be objective, and I cannot think of the new safety, Jamal Adams, in this discussion that high. I can put him at two, but I can't put him at one. Los Angeles Rams. Um, and Arizona are always going to kind of go three and four in these discussions to me. Um, Los Angeles, I still like Jalen Ramsey. I, I like what they're doing out there. I think they still have Aaron Donald. So you know, with with that to lean on is you're at least is going you're at least going to be okay to me. Arizona, I think they're up they're up and coming. They have to figure out. I the only reason I had them at four is I don't really know what the situation with with Pat P is going to be. I know they were kind of starting to be on murky waters going back and forth, but I just want to see what that situation is going to play out to be. Leading into offense, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Offense, I'm going to go Arizona one. I would love to go Arizona one. I just I just I like the explosiveness of of their offense period. I would put Russell one, but in putting Russell one, we have to really just look at pieces. So that's why I say we're trying to be objective. And so if we're going offense, we're just looking at pieces. I feel like Arizona has better pieces than Seattle. Seattle's offense b- works better to me under the leadership of Russell Wilson. 
But if you put Russell Wilson with Arizona's pieces, I think that you would have a most a more explosive offense out of Russell Wilson. So that's one and two. Los Angeles, I'm going to put at three. It was very hard and it's splitting hairs. I think this whole division is really splitting hairs. But as far as the offense, I think it's even more splitting hairs with offenses because Los Angeles lost a lot of pieces. But San Francisco lost pieces too. So it's kind of what you... You know what? I'm going to switch on the spot. I'm going to go San Francisco three. Even though they lost some pieces, running back, even being one of those pieces, I know I can just depend on running the ball. George Kittle is is top two tight end in football. So they'll at least be competent. And if I can, I'll, I'll take competent over I don't know. Because I don't know what Jared Goff is going to do. I really don't. Going into head coaches, I'm going Pete Carroll at number one, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, and Cliff Kingsbury. You know, that kind of pretty much speaks for itself. Resume kind of did that in. And as far as my prediction, I think that Seattle's going to win the division. I think San Francisco is going to take a little bit of a step back, just a little bit. I think they're still going to be competitive because they have defense and a running game, but I think they're going to take a little bit of a step back. I think Seattle got some some pretty cheap pieces, I would say. I think Greg Olson coming to the team is going to be nice, especially in the red zone for Russell Wilson. He always gets some old tight end and makes them kind of brand new again, except for Jimmy Graham. He didn't really do much for him, or Jimmy Graham didn't do much for Russell, I should say. But Arizona third, I think I think Kyler Murray with 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 his adi- with his new addition and his his new toy DeAndre Hopkins, I think they're going to be very, very explosive this year, man. I, him and a nice Wiley veteran like Larry Fitzgerald, who's still playing. He, he look, he's really like the Vince Carter of the NFL right now, for my generation at least. Um, I just want to see them work together. I think that's going to be pretty cool. The Los Angeles Four, I just think they're going to keep taking steps back. I think they paid too many people too early. They have some people coming up on for contracts after this year as well with the pandemic. Um, be on the watch out for that. But I just I think they're just gonna keep taking steps back. There's nothing that gives me confidence in them moving forward, unfortunately. But that's going to be it for the NFC West. Moving on to the big bad AFC North. This is actually one of my favorite divisions in football. And it was really hard to go through this one. Um, but we're gonna get through it, man. Let's go ahead and jump on into it as quarterbacks. Number one. I'm going to go with L Freaky, LJ, MVP, number one player in top 100, Lamar Jackson. Of course, there ain't no doubt about it, man. He does what he does. You saw, you've always seen, since social media was really created, you've seen Lamar Jackson. You know, I I, I, I just, I, I think that he's going to continue what he's doing. I think he has a chip on his shoulder. I think that the Baltimore Ravens have a chip on their shoulder. They've had some success. Good success, but early success at the same time. That that early success that comes with some downfalls and some pitfalls here and there. So I think last year was a little bit of a letdown, and I think he's going to get even better. Quarterback number two, I'm going to go Big Ben Roethlisberger. I really wanted to put him at three because I really didn't see him last year at all besides at first. But I just think that I can trust Big Ben in any situation. 
in any situation. Where so I'm going I'm gonna go ahead and skip down to four and let you know that Joe Burrow is number four. He's a rookie in the NFL with no OTAs, no training camp, no anything like he just got to the field like yesterday. Good in college, I think it was a perfect storm between smart quarterback, even better system, all time great pieces. I think it was a perfect storm for all that. Maybe I'm just a doubter at the moment, but I did like what he was doing, so I'm not hating on him. I just think that he you're, you're in the NFL one and you're on the Cincinnati Bengals for number two. I think that's self-explanatory. But two, Big Ben. Three, Baker Mayfield. I don't really trust Baker Mayfield either. I like him. I think he's cool. I think he's talented. I think he definitely can be a starting quarterback in this league. I just think some people need some supportive pieces around him, man. And... I just that's not enough to overtake Big Ben. I haven't I haven't seen enough. I haven't seen enough from Baker Mayfield to take over from what I have seen from Big Ben, even if that was in one game last year. Honestly. Defensive special teams, I'm going Pittsburgh number one. They made a major improvement picking up Minka last year and they were rolling ever since, man. Like dude was picking off things every single game. It was crazy. And they got TJ Watt. Man, I I can't say enough about about their defense. There's pass rushers everywhere. There's fast linebackers everywhere. Mike Thomas has always done his thing since he's been there. Uh, Baltimore is coming in at two. I think Baltimore is just as good as Pittsburgh. I don't think they have as many playmakers, but I think as a solid overall defense, they're just about the same. But I just like I, I like a little glitz and glamour. I like a little pick six every now and again, which I think that they have. But I just, like I said, I just think they're more of just a solid get-you-off-the-field defense. You know, turnovers, they'll get as they come. But um, I, I definitely just like I, – I, I like Minka picking it off from the safety position a little bit more than Marcus Peters from the cornerback position. Number three, we got Cleveland coming in. Uh, Cleveland's defense is, is pretty good. I like Miles Garrett and what they got going on. Um, I just think the other two defenses are – at another, not stratosphere, but I think they're just on another level um, above Cleveland, but we'll see where that goes. And Cincinnati rounding out four. Going into the offenses, Cleveland's going to be one. Once again, just looking at pieces, I don't think I even have a sheet of paper long enough to, you know, to describe all the pieces that they have. Cincinnati is going to be two. I think they have some pieces too. I think that they were hidden a little bit because of their record. Uh, we'll see what AJ Green does coming back. Once again, can't put him at one. You haven't, you know, you haven't seen him, but you know, I know what AJ Green does. I know they still got John Ross the third. Uh, they should still have Giovanni Bernard. So they 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 got some pieces there. We'll see what Joe Burrow can do with it. And then we got Baltimore at number three. I think that Lamar Jackson pretty much runs that offense. Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson, you know, Mark Ingram does his thing. Of course, I'm not shading him at all, but Lamar Jackson is definitely the engine that makes that go. And outside of Lamar Jackson, you have Maju's offense. So we're looking at pieces. So you're looking at Mark Ingram. Mark Andrews. Hollywood Brown. You heard the excitement in my voice. I mean, I'm not shading those players. I like those players, but 
that doesn't sound like AJ Green, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis. It doesn't sound like that at all, one bit. Um, rounding out the offense is number four is Pittsburgh. I just don't like Pittsburgh's pieces. I think they just have great quarterback play and great coaching to get around that. Uh, last year was Juju's chance to be a number one. Let's just say we weren't that impressed, I guess. Um, and he got hurt as well. James Conner did all right. You know, the the replacement the replacement year for the Killer Bees wasn't that great. You know, even I don't think it would have been, you know, over the top, even with Big Ben. I think they would have been very good. But I just, you know, last year was a chance to see what they really could do, even in losing efforts. And I just did not see that. Going to head coaches, of course, the big bag, Mike T, number one. We're going to go hardball number two. Zach Taylor and Kevin Stefanski are going to round out three and four on the head coaches just because they really have no experience. I'm going to go ahead and just flip a coin just for my own self and, and roll the dice on Zach Taylor. I think that he's going to do a better job coaching-wise than Kevin Stefanski. That doesn't mean that's going to end up being in wins and losses. But when you look at the schematics of the game, the X's and O's of the game, I think that Zach Taylor is going to have a better year, but that's just me. We'll see. Going and following up with the overall predictions, I go in Baltimore one to win the division. Like I said, I think they're men on a mission. They got some things to make up for. Pittsburgh is going to come in at number two. They went eight and eight with your local high school quarterback last year. They got quarterbacks that were under six feet tall. They had a quarterback get hit in the head with a helmet. They're getting Big Ben back, even if he can be 60% of what he was. It was better than what they put on the field last year. So with that being said, they're going to come in at number two. Cleveland is going to find some way to mess it up. I would love for it to click on all cylinders. And the Bills just have a rise back to glory, but I just don't think that that's going to happen. But that remains to be seen. But as far as this podcast right now, this week, they're going to come in at three. They're going to wrap up Cincinnati at four. Regular rookie season, they're going to have a better season than last year. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to mean much. So, yeah, guys, that's going to be my NFL prediction. And wrapping things up, if you haven't checked out the first two podcast episodes please 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 go do so please remember that we are now weekly it is not bi-weekly i'm dropping it on you every single week so if you fall behind it's going to take more for you to catch up man pass it to a friend text it to a friend pass the link on share it on facebook instagram twitter everything that you got i don't care I just love the support that everybody is giving, man. It's a blessing to me. It's a blessing to me to be able to bless you with my content. And it's a blessing to me that you're able to receive my content and give it back to me. Give me feedback, man. In the season, find something or someone to support, man. Help somebody. Buy from black business. Buy from any business. But, you know, buy from some black business right now. Support them. You know, make sure that they're straight. Make sure that your people, that your people are straight. And as always, man, stack, pray, and please safely stay out the way, man. I say that every single time. I mean that. I live by that. If you live by that, I promise you, man, everything will come to you. You'll never have to rush or you'll never have to force anything, man. That is my time. It's your host, B.A., and it's another episode of Just My Opinion Podcast.